your head bones connected to your neck bone, your neck bones connected to your body bone, and your body bones connected to your leg bones, and we're all connected. Woohoo! But what about this bit? The core. How many times have you heard that as a common term for this group of muscles that holds us in the upright position? The core. <laughs> uh, and I get a little bit fascinated. Uh, and I'll go a little bit further and even say frustrated because as an exercise professional, we hear that term all the time. People say, I want to have a strong core. I want to have a, I want to do functional core exercises. There's core classes. We talk about this thing called the core. Well, my first question is always this, what is the core? And if you're going to use that terminology, would it be a good idea to know what are the muscles that make up the core? Because it's not like a quadricep where you, there's four parts to a quadricep, quad meaning four, tricep, tri meaning three, bicep, bi meaning two. What are the muscles that make up the core? And that's what's really interesting because we hear that terminology all the time, but there is no uh, strict or strong definition of what those muscles actually are. So you could say your abdominal muscles and your lower back muscles because they're the ones that hold us in the upright position. If you want to get a bit more technical, you could say the rectus abdominis, the transverse abdominis, internal external obliques, the uh, rectus spinae, the quadratus lumborum, my favourite name for a Roman centurion, uh, and perhaps the rectus spinae. But if you're going to talk about muscles that hold you in the upright position and stop you from falling over and are supporting muscles for the upright position, well then perhaps we should include the glute medius, which is a supporting, has a very strong supporting role in stabilization. Then if you're going to talk about the glute medius, you'd have to talk about glute maximus because that's all connected to Ah, the head bone's connected to the body bone, the body bone's connected to the leg bones, we're all connected. So here's even a better question. If you talk about, I'm going to use my core, could it be a better question to ask, what for? What's the purpose of this exercise? And if you then have a look at how the human body functions and what we do, uh, when I come into this amazing room and I do boxing and I do push-ups and I do squats and I do lunges and I sprint on my treadmill and I sprint on my cross trainer and I do chin-ups and dips, uh, they're all very specific core exercises. And I'm very hesitant to use the word core because it's actually a made-up terminology. It's not a... And the reason why we can't say, well, these are the muscles that make up the core because there's no such thing. There's no... There's no anatomical term. It's just been made up to, to promote core classes and core exercises and core programs. But do we have a part of our body that is specifically responsible for holding us in the upright position and making sure that we don't get injured and that the rest of our body works effectively? And of course, the answer is yes, because uh, everything we do functions from here and here. And the reason I share that with you is uh, I had a very serious back injury when I was 18 years of age. I perforated uh, my L4-5 uh, vertebral disc, and I was actually told that I would never be able to lift heavy weights again and I would never be able to sprint fast again, that my life would be very limited because of my back injury. And as I always share, I'm very, very privileged because I ended up at an orthopaedic surgeon who was a sports orthopaedic surgeon. He said, of course, you'll be able to sprint again. And of course, you'll be able to lift heavy things again. But you will have to have very strong, Rowie, very strong 
rectus abdominis, transverse abdominis, internal and external obliques, quadratus lumborum, my favorite Roman centurion, erectus spinae. Uh, you're going to have to have a very strong group of muscles that hold you in the upright position. And the best way to use those muscles is in the upright position because that's what they're responsible for. If you didn't have strong abdominal muscles and strong lower back muscles, you would fall over, you'd have very poor posture, you wouldn't be able to do all the, anything, you, well, you actually wouldn't be able to do anything, you couldn't sit, you couldn't stand, you couldn't lie down, you couldn't get up from lying down, you couldn't lie down, you couldn't fall down and get back up again because those muscles are responsible for everything. So why do we try and isolate them is a really great question and, it, and I'm not aiming to be right or wrong because anatomy and physiology is pretty set science. What I'm asking is that we learn our anatomy and physiology as exercise professionals, as coaches, as sports people, as athletes. And the example I always use, one of my favorite, I love Formula One car racing, I just love fast cars. And the interesting thing about some of the best race car drivers in the history of Formula One is that they were really good drivers, but they knew everything about the car. So the reason I ask, if you are an elite athlete, wouldn't it be a really good idea to learn how your own human body works? So you don't have to rely on an expert or a, or a sports strength and conditioning coach or a physio or a training, or any form of trainer. Good to have them, of course. But wouldn't it be nice to know that the exercises that somebody gives you are safe and effective, safe and effective, they work and they're not going to hurt you so that you can keep doing all your sports or all areas of your sport. And that's one of the really interesting things that as an exercise professional, I always ask if the human body works A, in the upright position best, B, everything works together, why do we split the body up into little pieces? And there's a really interesting series of questions about why you would do isolated exercises, why you would aim to work one muscle and not another one. Is it possible that you'll get muscle imbalance? Is it possible that you would have, and here's a really fun one. People say, look, I'm a runner, so I want strong legs, or I'm a boxer, so I want strong upper body. Well, my first question is always, which one of your muscles, bones, ligaments, tendons, and joints do you want to be weak? Are there any of those that you like to be weak, or would you like a body, an entire full, complete body that is really strong, every part of it? Now, that's not just for your sport, and that's not just for looking good. How about because you want to function like a great human being? You don't want half of your body weak and half of it strong. Surely not. So how about we get every muscle, every bone, every ligament, every tendon, every joint, let's get them really strong, all of them. Then the question is, when do we ever work them separately? So there's nothing about boxing that is just upper body. There's nothing about running that's just lower body. There's nothing about swimming that is just upper body because you're using your legs, of course. Every sport, every activity, everything that we do, whether it's sitting on the couch and getting up, sitting on the toilet and getting up, uh, getting down on the ground to pick something up, everything we do uses the entire body. So would it be a really good idea to consider that when we exercise, we use as many muscles as possible at the same time in a way that the human body functions? And again, we yes, we lie down. And once a day or a couple of times during the day, we get up from the lying down position. Uh, you'll often hear me talk about why on earth do we ever sit down? Yes, you sit in a chair and yes, you sit on the couch and yes, you sit in the, in the toilet and yes, you sit in the plane and yes, you sit on the bus. But I always wonder why. Why have we designed so much sitting? And the reason I ask that question, of course, is that because the body functions best in the upright position, the brain functions best in the upright position, we get much better blood flow, circulation, nutrition flow, 
in the upright position. And the muscles of the middle part of our body, the front part and the back part, the abdominals and the lower back, the rectus abdominis, transverse abdominis, internal, external obliques, rectus spinae, quadratus and lumborum, uh, multifidus group, all of those work together to hold us in the upright position and to help us to get in and out of the upright position. I get really excited about this because I think we make exercise really complicated. Uh, when I talk about core, and I don't talk about core exercises, but if I ever did, it would be one of the best exercises to give me a fit, strong, healthy body for the rest of my life. And there's nothing about that that splits the body into little pieces. Would that be fair? Everything that we do uses everything in our body. Most importantly, the driving forces. So uh, I could say legs and arms. I could say shoulders and back. Really? What drives those muscles? What drives those muscles to be able to lift heavy or to move? Now we've got the endocrine system and the central nervous system. And they all work together with the digestive system, of course, because we need fuel for all of that to make the human body work. So why do we keep talking about a body that's broken up into pieces? This is the calf exercise. This is a bicep exercise. And one of their really interesting things to consider there, uh, firstly, no argument. Muscles only pull, they don't push. So uh, if you, you think of this as an example, I've got a, and just if you can come with me on the picture, let's just say somebody calls you and says, I've, I've busted my car, it's broken, could you please come and tow me? And the only thing that you've got to tow that person with, pull their car along with your car, so it's a pulling motion, is a chain. And it's a big long chain that's capable of pulling a car or one car pulling another car. But the chain, unusual chain that it is, has some really big strong links and some tiny little links. And that's what's connecting the chain. Now, if you are now towing your friend because their car's broken down and all of a sudden the chain breaks and you can no longer tow your friend because the chain has broken, is it the big link that breaks or is it the little, little link that breaks? Stupid question, Rowie, you're obviously not a mechanic or you obviously don't know anything about biomechanics because it's the little link in the chain that's going to break, of course. So if I'm doing lots of exercise or if I'm a fit, active person or if I'm using the big muscles in my body, am I also using the little muscles in my body? And of course the answer is yes because everything that I do uses everything. So, and I always use this example, I could say that squats or lunges are leg exercises. But if I'm going to pick the weight up off the ground, I have to use my hands, I have to use my fingers, I have to use my forearms, I have to use my upper arm, I have to use my shoulders, I have to use the middle of my body, which is my, the, my abdominal muscles and my lower back muscles, I have to use every part of my body to pick something up off the floor. And that's just to get the squat exercise started or the lunge exercise started. I have to hold the weight while I'm exercising. I have to hold my body in the upright position so I don't fall forward. So every part of my body is being used. And again, not just all the muscles, bones, ligaments, tendons and joints, but what about the endocrine system or what about the central nervous system? So the big links are being used and the little links are being used. Now, here's where it becomes very interesting from a physiological point of view. How long does all of that take to recover and get stronger? Because that's the key, isn't it? If I'm not getting stronger, then why am I strength training? How do I know that I'm getting stronger? I can lift heavier. And that's one of those really interesting questions that I often ask people and they don't have an answer to. How do I know that I'm getting stronger? I can lift heavier. So if I go back to lift anything, whether it's a, a, a dumbbell, a barbell, a kettlebell, 
a human body, a box of rocks, doesn't matter. If I go to lift something heavy and then I go back to lift it again, if I can't lift heavier next time, I haven't gotten stronger. Now, that just simply means I haven't super compensated. And let's go back to basic physiology. When I lift something, I get micro tears in the muscle fibers. Those micro tears have to recover from the workout. They have to regenerate, get fixed, and then they have to super compensate. Now, that's how the human body works. In every part of our body, whether it's brain, muscles, bones, body, doesn't matter. Your body says, whatever pressure you put on me, for next time I want to be stronger. If you give me a brain challenge, I want a brain that's going to be stronger. If you give me a body challenge, I want a body that's going to be stronger. And if we're going to use both, then they both have to be stronger. So if you do something to overload muscles and bones and next time you aren't stronger, it means you haven't recovered, regenerated and super compensated from the last workout. Now, that could be your central nervous system. It could be your endocrine system. It could be the tiny little links in the chain. Is it possible that they take either longer to recover or they get more stress? Because the big muscles in the body are big muscles. They're capable of lifting big things. The little tiny muscles, the connector muscles, the, the tiny ones inside your shoulder like the, the, and the, four, the rotator cuff has four parts, uh, supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, and, and infra, uh, subscapularis. Those four are tiny, tiny, tiny little muscles that they have to work really hard to lift something up off the floor, to do push-ups, to do lunges and squats, to do chin-ups. They have to recover. And if those tiny little links don't recover, then how on earth can I be stronger for next time? If I don't let my, and I'll, I'll go back to the core, I'm very hesitant about even talking about the core because it's just such a non-anatomical uh, term. But the muscles that hold you in the upright position, can you imagine how hard they're working all of the time? They're the muscles that hold you in the upright position. Otherwise, we'd all be walking around like this or we'd fall over. So our rectus abdominis, which some think is a really strong muscle, but it's not that big. Uh, transverse abdominis, internal and external obliques, they all have to work really hard all of the time. So if you then put them under extreme pressure because you lift heavy, which is awesome because that's how you get stronger, well, they then need to recover. Your whole body needs to recover, including your central nervous system and your endocrine system. Would that be fair? Because if you haven't recovered, then how can you go back and do a, a heavier workout, a harder workout, get stronger, get fitter? And I use this beautiful analogy all the time. It's a very simple analogy. And I wonder why we get so caught up in the how often should I train and how many exercises should I do and should I do split programs? To me, it's really simple. Lift heavy, get puffed, recover. If you haven't gotten stronger, you haven't recovered. If you can't go at 100% effort, you haven't recovered. And with your phosphate system, when you've pushed yourself uh, for your heart and lung system, your cardiovascular and respiratory system, that recovers really quickly, the phosphate system. It's the muscles that take a longer, a longer time to recover. And for some people, a really long time to recover because the heavier you lift and the harder you work, obviously, the longer it's going to take those muscles to recover. So the analogy is the simple flush the toilet analogy. Uh, have you ever been in the situation, and I'm sure as a human being you have, where you've gone to the bathroom, you've done a number two, you press the button, and oh, the number two hasn't gone away. Very annoying. So there's, there was a full flush. The full flush happened, but all the poo didn't go away. So what have we got to do now? We don't want to leave the poo there. That would be rude. So we want to get rid of it. 
So what some impatient people do is they keep pressing the button, hoping that the more they press the button, the quicker the poo will go away or some miraculous thing will happen and water will appear and the poo will be flushed away. Well, as we know, the only time and the best time to get another full flush to get rid of the number two out of the toilet is you've got to wait for the system to fill back up again. Ha ha. (laughs) Uh, And you'll think about, you know, every time you do a number two, I hope. Ro always talked about poo and shit, and now I know why, why she talks about it. It's really important. You can't get rid of that number two, that poo, until the, foot, the cistern has foot filled back up again. You can try and it might take, you can do a few presses and you can get frustrated and annoyed, but ultimately the best time to press the button again is when the full cistern has fully recovered, fully regenerated, has filled back up again, and then you'll get 100% full flush. So... When you exercise, whether it's huffy puffy or strength training, would it be a really good idea to wait till you are 100% recovered, regenerated and super compensated before you go again? I'll give you another example. I was doing an exercise session with an exercise professional just recently and I did a really hard, awesome 10 second phosphate sprint because that's all you can do. You go to 100% effort, you can only go for 10 seconds and it was awesome. And I'm at the end of it, and she wanted me to go again straight away. Well, if I go again straight away, I haven't filled up the cistern in the toilet, and I can't go at 100% again. And my question is always this, why would I go again if I haven't fully recovered to 100%? Because I can't then put 100% effort in again. If I go before I fully recovered, I might only be able to do 50%, 60%, 70%. Now, the beautiful thing is when you're really fit, you recover quickly, which I did. It didn't take very long. 15, 20 seconds later, I'm ready to go again. But if I went any time before that 15 or or 10 seconds before I'd fully recovered, I wouldn't be able to put in 100% effort. So I'm going to wrap all of that up. Is there a core? I'll leave that up to you. But if you're going to call it a core, could it be a really good idea to know what the muscles are? and what they're responsible for doing. And if you understand that the muscles of the middle part of your body, your abdominal muscles and your lower back muscles are responsible for holding you in the upright position. And I will share that again very passionately. If it wasn't for those muscles, I wouldn't be walking around. I had to make sure that I had strong abdominal muscles and lower back muscles and strong glutes, glute medius, glute minimus, glute maximus, to make sure that my body can do what it needs to do every day. And I run I lift heavy, I do all the things that I wasn't supposed to be able to do and I've been doing them all of my life even though I had a serious back injury. And I'm sharing that with you because if you look after your body, if you keep those muscles really strong, your body will look after you. So yes, you need really strong abdominal muscles, front of your body muscles, back of your body muscles, yes. But they are the driving force for all of the other muscles. So why do we break the body into little pieces? Why do we try and exercise the front of the body differently from the back of the body, differently from our arms, differently from our legs? Could it be a really good idea to pick an exercise that uses as many muscles as possible at the same time? Because that's where the neural drive comes from. That's where the central nervous system drive comes from. That's where the endocrine system drive comes from. And that's the human growth hormone, testosterone, epinephrine, adrenaline, 100% effort comes from as many muscles as possible at the same time. If you're running away from a wild animal, the fight and flight phosphate system, you're not going to use one arm at a time or one leg at a time or just the middle part of your body. You're going to use all of your body to get away from the animal. You're going to use all of your body to turn and fight the animal. And that's what the human body is designed to do. So why don't we use all of our muscles... Do as many as you possibly can. 
Keep going till you can't do any more, and then don't go again until you're fully recovered. And that recovery process, people say, oh, I can train once every two days or once every four days or three times a week. How do we know that? We don't know that we're fully recovered, super compensated, until we can lift heavier. We don't know that we're fully recovered until, from a heart and lungs point of view until our, our heart rate's back to normal, back to resting, and our body's ready to go again. So how about we just keep it really simple? 100% effort, 10 seconds phosphate system, go as hard as you can, huffy puffy, go as hard as you can lifting, and then wait till your body's recovered before you go again. And why the hell do we break the body up into little pieces? Let's use it in the way it's meant to function, in the simple process that goes, the head bone's connected to the body bone, the body bone's connected to the leg bones, the head muscles are connected to the body muscles, the body muscles are connected to the leg muscles, everything's connected. Most importantly, by the firing mechanism, which is the central nervous system and the endocrine system, all connected. So let's become complete human beings so that we can live our life to the max as healthy, fit, strong human beings for long. Woohoo! I feel good. No, 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 no. I knew that I would now because I'm healthy, I'm fit, and I'm strong. Yeah, yeah.